0: podcast is part of the
1: Sports Social Podcast Network. The Nat show is brought to you in association with the Air Lingus College Football Classic. The first chance to get tickets to see Northwestern versus Nebraska at the Aviva Stadium on Saturday the 27th of August 2022 is through their pre-sale on Friday the 19th of November. So visit collegefootballisland.com to sign up now for exclusive access. That's collegefootballisland.com. Head on over and sign up. Hello and welcome to The Nat Natkum show Edge Rush Prop O aka Ollie, the producer aka the Unders King of Plunton, aka Mr 100% all on the props last week congratulations 100% on the props I like the way this is the first time I've been 100% on the props actually
0: three or four times this season but I like oh, the way go. that you're uh, I like the way that you're coming in hot giving me the praise for the props this week mm. to divert the attention away from um, <laughs> yeah. the obvious thing that yeah. we should be getting into. Oh, here we away. go.
1: Well, let's just get straight. Let's get straight to it. Let's get straight to it. Is it, is it all the worst bet in the history of Edge Rush? My, and we're referring, of course, listeners, to my <laughs> long shot double last week, which was the Detroit Lions, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Quite possibly the worst steer I've ever given, I think.
0: I mean, it is up there. I think it could be one of the worst bets in the history of bets, <laughs> yeah. realistically. Because the best thing about it was, is that the Seahawks and the Eagles were only three-point favourites, right? So it's not like you went really bold and backed, say, like the Jets or like 10-point <laughs> yes, underdogs. Right. Yeah, yeah. They were actually, like, they were only... Yep field goal away
1: i guess both teams lost by what 30 plus points a lot of the sharps were obviously in on both they're following my, <laughs> yeah. following my lead to be fair it was it was appalling but i like to channel our friend shane Vereen, who very recently on our show of course told us that the blowouts don't matter the blowouts are the ones that even bill better the great bill belichick said shane Vereen would be quite relaxed about the blowouts he'd be more worried about the close bad beat. So that's the way I'm approaching it. I'm thinking, oh, you know what? I completely whiffed on that. I swung, I aimed for the skies, and I whiffed on that one. But I'll be back. I'll I'll come back. So you're comparing yourself to Bill Belichick, because that we're saying okay. <laughs> effectively, yeah. And the entire Patriots organization.
0: <laughs> um and then sorry. Mm. So yeah, that was bad, Matt. Mm. But um we don't want to talk about the first lead of the year in the uh Drew Locks of the Week. God, yes,
1: we are. Yes, we are. And of course, as as listeners to the show last week will know, and if you didn't check out last week's Edge Rush, uh, first of all, why? Very remiss of you, but fair enough. You might have missed it. Uh, Arlie and I, of course, going head to head all season long with our Drew Locks of the week, which is. Where each of us picks a, a, a lock bet, right? A bet that we, it's our favourite bet of the week, and we've been neck and neck. We've been in lockstep, you might say, uh, up until last week when <laughs> we hadn't planned this, we hadn't discussed it. Of course, we don't do any kind of rehearsal or preparation for this show. The Drew Locks of the week came out, and we were on opposite sides. So the extra jeopardy, of course, is that Ollie and I were in the studio together with our friend, with our friend Ben Isaacs, and that's quite a, a tricky show to navigate. Those of you who, who've listened to it will know it's basically red zone on the radio. So we're across all the games of the action. And as the anchor of that you got a lot to take in. I was unrealistically preoccupied, <laughs> preoccupied with that game. And I could tell exactly how it was going because I'm looking through the glass and <laughs> in the studio, I basically facing 12 o'clock. I can see Ollie, but through the glass and so me and ben are in one side of the studio and the gallery, the producers are in the other, right? So we can see each other. Every time Ollie had his head in his hands shrugged his shoulders, was just shaking his head in disbelief. I knew the Falcons had scored and I'm sure enough, it suddenly appeared on the screen. Uh, Conversely, when I saw him pissing himself (laughs) with laughter, then I knew that something horrendous had happened to Matt Ryan and the Falcons. And look, congratulations. And credit where it's due. Propo, it it is. It is your win. You've taken the lead. So what's that? That makes you six and two on the season. I'm five and three.
0: Yeah, I'm six and two. You're five and three. Two still very good records. Very respectable records. It has to be said. But um, no, very very tough that Mm. one. I think last year we had one head to head. I think it was Eagles Cowboys actually, and you backed the Dalton train. Yeah. And I remember that, and Dallas actually ended up smacking us, so smacking the Eagles. So
1: I was actually quite happy to uh, come back to go one on one in our head to heads. Okay. Well, we uh, will have our Drew Locke of the week. I need to claw back as this evidence from from that. Uh, we're going to have three games that we're picking. Uh, our edge Rush Acker as well. I've got an Acker of you all that we going to do. No, two you again. do the acres these days.
0: And I'm also enjoying the rolling of how badly they're going. That's also <laughs> yeah, <laughs> until you win.
1: And then I'll take the over. The listeners are going to demand that you, is that how we're going to do <laughs> yeah. it? So it's the moment I get one, right. that we hand it back over to you. I don't yeah. think we're going to get that far, mate. I think we're going to have listeners. That there's going to be an uprise and uh, they're going to insist. Last year we won like six in a row. Didn't we? Yeah. We- and this year we started strongly as well. Yeah, We did and start strong. I don't know what happened. happened. I mean, be fair, that, well, the I've taken over, over 100% is why, <laughs> why they've gone pear-shaped. But we have had a pretty good year so far all around, I think it's fair to say. So uh, we're still waiting for somebody out there, like uh, back in the old Carnage days. Uh, shout out to all old-school Carnage fans out there. We had the professor, of course, who would keep uh, abreast all the three points that we put out there on that show. I wonder if anyone out there wants to, to grab the mantle and, and just cover all the bets that we've done. And, and have an accurate record of how <laughs> maybe I don't want to see that actually maybe we shouldn't I think it would be I think we'd be surprised I think we've done pretty well realistically I think we've done all right i think certainly we get a lot of love from listeners who who we seem to be helping out pointing in the right direction listen before we get to the games just a couple of bits of news so last night you'll love this do you remember a few weeks ago I think it was one of your drew locks was certainly a bet that you really liked and it was an under bet, and I backed it by mistake. I backed the over and it came Yeah, in. yeah.
0: Did you back, did you, because you told me last night you were going to back yeah. the Jets. Did you so ask back the Colts?
1: I, I backed, no, I backed the total, which I got, obviously, came in easy peasy, but I also backed the Jets team total over 16 and a half. And when I, I didn't stay up for it, but I woke up, turned it on, uh, listened to the game, listened to comms for, you know, half an hour just to see where it was at and then watched the extended highlights this morning. But when I listened to comms, I was like, oh, sorted. By this stage, it was the fourth quarter. It was st- Oh, the Jets had missed the two-point conversion, so they were still stuck on 16. And then, of course, they came in and sailed in, in the fourth quarter and I thought, happy days. And then I woke up this morning and thought, what? And realised I'd back to the under, not the over. No. karma. So it has it levelled itself out. Why are you it's pressing like, the wrong buttons all the time? God knows. I'm just doing it, doing it in haste and uh, uh, far too, far too quickly. But I think... You that certainly is-
0: do it in the radio studio as well. You've definitely got a bit an issue with you. <laughs> What did I do the other day? Basically it's broke the entire studio. Yeah, I literally managed to break the entire I pressed a button that I've never seen anyone else press in in my
1: entire life. It's like when I rocked up at the a radio row in Houston, I think it was, and within four to five minutes of being there, had spilt coffee all over the talk sport sound desk, uh, <laughs> <all the radio. laughs> much to the delight of, uh, of Will and Ollie. Uh, yeah, I a, bet. I bet. You can imagine. Uh, so Monday night, fo- uh, Thursday night football, uh, the, the Colts are back and Carson Wentz is back and they're making the playoffs and all that. Uh, the Beckham situation is getting really interesting, isn't it? Because he's weird, now, weird, not trained for a couple of days uh, around the NFL. Very reliable. Uh, crew of course not least with uh our friend greg rosenthal and uh, and others in the thick of it it's not just the pod of course it is is the the, the around the nfl franchise so a lot of uh, a lot of different writers and journals involved with that but uh as good as they get they uh pushed out i think it was garofalo who pushed out uh a, a source with inside the browns locker room was laying into beckham into saying he was aloof and disruptive uh words to that effect i'm paraphrasing but it's not looking good with his dad weighing in as well of course with the anti-baker uh anti-baker diatribe so where's gonna how's this gonna play out do you think do you, that is this the end of the road now do you think they're just gonna try and uh move on from beckham and he plays no real part the season Or is there any way back any kind of redemption and beckham becomes the hero the saving the savior
0: It doesn't really look that way. I think what um, was definitely raised the alarm bells or was the most defining moment for me is when Baker Mayfield came out and said, when someone asked whether he'd accept an apology, he said, any kind of conversation would be good. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So it clearly means that there's been no communication between Odell and Baker Mayfield. And maybe that's been the problem Mm -hmm. all along. Maybe Mm -hmm. these two have just never seen eye to eye and that's Mm. why they haven't worked as a quarterback receiver duo. Mm. So, I mean, that's really never made that much sense to me, realistically. It's not, I don't think Odell Beckham has suddenly fallen off a cliff as a wide receiver, but it just clearly has never worked between mm. Baker and Odell since they've been in the league together. Obviously, he's had big games, but then players have always had big games. But to, to he hasn't done it to the consistent level that you would expect someone with the amount of talent that Odell has, especially considering of the college aspects, the fact that he went to college with Jarvis Landry. You yeah. thought those two would work really well together. It looked like such a promising matchup and it just doesn't seem to have worked. I can't see this being repaired anytime soon. I think the fact that it's come out after the trade deadline as well, all of this stuff is just a bit of a nightmare. I mean, it happened just before, but obviously no one was going to make the move. The Browns probably thought as an organization, as we said on last week's show, Odell Beckham's trade value has never been lower, Mm. but, we were proven wrong now because this week suddenly it's got lower.
1: Even more, I'm I'm surprised that a team, the chiefs potentially didn't roll the dice and maybe even overpay for Beckham. I think he's, he's the kind of player that it's, it's probably worth that, that kind of gamble. Right. And even if you're, you know, the the Browns are holding out for uh, providing it's not ridiculous, but certainly based on what we've seen in terms of productivity from Beckham in, in recent seasons, a higher, uh, a higher swag than, than he's possibly worth right now. But he, uh, well, maybe this is the problem. Do, we don't know whether Beckham has jumped the shark. I mean, maybe he's never going to be the, the player that he was back in the day. Maybe too much water uh, has gone under under the bridge there. Do uh, Tyron- think there was too much pressure on him after you called him your comeback player of the year? He <laughs> won 100%. Hey, I st- I'm still hanging on to that. Hey, Beckham, <laughs> Beckham has a big second half of the season. I mean, it's got America's game written all over yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it does. You have a really second does. half of the season comeback player of the year can you have that should we have that award well, instead I definitely I mean if Beckham balls in the second half of the season he's if, not going to ball in the second if, half of the season he's got his dad coming out and calling out his quarterback this is the picture I'm seeing I'm seeing Baker and Beckham in LA hugging as the glitters coming down no chance and just pointing no each chance. other they're doing the classic you <laughs> you know you pointing that's what's happening after Beckham's gone off for uh, 184 yards and two touchdowns. Just out of question. Just out of uh, wonder. Now, how would you react
0: if my dad on Twitter went on and slated you for not letting me talk enough on the show?
1: I, it's more like I think my dad would be piling it on. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's what it's more like you never let M- Mike. You just never answer the right yeah. questions. <laughs> that's the questions. You want to answer. Uh, i love it right let's get down to business uh yes uh, you must be happy about that of course that that uh beckham situation and the dysfunction and once again surrounding the browns given it's the battle of our that isn't one of the games we are uh getting into but i know you will be uh looking and at I that one. To
0: pick the bengals though which is good news for me yeah well hey, i'm a little bit more apprehensive but we'll leave oh that yeah uh,
1: i'm i'm <laughs> fairly i'm fairly com- comfortable yeah. on the Bengals as well baltimore minnesota is where we're gonna go first right so, yes the the Ravens looking to uh, bounce back, of course. It's very much the theme for, for much of this season that even the top, top teams have had their nose bloodied, it seems, at some stage. The Packers, of course, back in uh, back in week one, and we wrote them off. The, the Titans pre-Henry, the, the Chiefs every week, it seems, right now. Uh, and Baltimore and Cincy, indeed, you know, similarly, uh, the teams that we're looking at as contenders have not had it entirely plain sailing. But this is a good spot to to bounce back, I think, uh, against Minnesota, not least because uh Daniel Hunter out for the season. Yeah. A key part of that Minnesota D, which is fast improving and was has been very prominent, certainly in terms of pressure. Second in the league in, in total sacks, uh topping the league in terms of sacks per game. Pat P's out two, uh, you know, so there are there are key pieces out of the D and offensively, and this is a Great point made uh, by Bill Barnwell over on uh, ESPN, the brilliant Bill Barnwell. C- cousins averaging 5.2 yards per pass attempt against the Cowboys, mm. which is by far the worst mark of the week in, in the league. So offensively, I think it's fair to say uh, they are uh, fits and starts at best. The flip side of this is the D, is their Baltimore D, right? Because and this is another point Barnwell made, looking and deep diving a bit more into the Ravens, performance because we know what they're capable of offensively and we talk a lot about that on this show they're ranking 20th in defensive DVOA, right this is through the first seven games of the season which is okay but it's not you would think necessarily championship worthy defense and i wonder whether we slightly inflate the the baltimore deep I know patrick queen's been balling i know they are uh they are capable of impressive performances but do we overhyped them a little bit because of reputation because the last two decades this is a team that has always been about a great deal are uh, maybe overlooking the fact that this incarnation isn't where it needs to be
0: i think to me what you can't ever argue against is great coaching mm. and i think that i was thinking i think i read the same article and it said that i mean baltimore has allowed three 400-yard passes in seven games a season. Mm-hmm. And I think they allowed just three 400-plus-yard passing games in the previous five seasons combined. Right. So I just don't see this being something that r- remains. I don't see this being consistent. And I think this is always something that's going to trend in the right direction as the season goes on. I am a massive fan of this Baltimore Ravens team. I think I think they're my probably my number one team in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think this defense is a little bit of a problem, but I almost see it as a replica of what we've seen with the chiefs defenses mm-hmm. over the past couple of seasons where they start out bad, but because of their, their offense, they get bailed out quite a lot of the times and it doesn't get, the light doesn't get shine upon them, but it means that they're going to have to continue to develop, continue to get better. They're banged up. Obviously they really struggled at the start of the season because pretty much their whole secondary went out, they're going to get fitter and fitter as the season gets on, goes longer. And, the one thing that they have done against the likes of Joe Burrow and the likes of Patrick Mahomes was they were blitzing nonstop, and that's all they do. And those are quarterbacks who did very well against the blitz. That's the only issue is they're a little bit one-dimensional. So that's my only fear for them. But I don't see this being a long-term problem for the Baltimore Ravens defense. And even if they do give up 25 points per
1: game, their offense is good enough that they'll score 30. Just outscore. That's that's Chiefs-esque. In this particular matchup, because you will assume that the ground game is something that the Vikes will want to establish the battle in terms of play action, the matchup in terms of play action, which has been a problem for for the Ravens, right? They're ranking 31st uh, against uh, quarterbacks using play action. That's the only team worse than that incidentally is the chiefs defensively opposing teams are 43 of 60 for six to nine, five touchdowns and no picks on play action. So that I guess is where the, uh, Vikes will key in on and that plays quite well to to the Vikings right I mean that's something that that you know Cousins can and we know he's got his detractors but that's something that you could easily envisage Cousins and this Minnesota offense trying to get in the groove with
0: I honestly think that Minnesota. this is actually my drew look of the week is in this game Is it? Yeah, it is in this game and it plays on what you've just said. As much as I've just said, I expect the Baltimore Ravens defense to get better and better. I think the Mm -hmm. Minnesota Vikings will score points here. Mm -hmm. I think for sure, I think they'll have the capability to... Kirk Cousins is one of those players where everyone loves to get low on him when he has a bad week, like last week, as you said. But at the same time, he still has been one of the better quarterbacks this season. Statistically, he go, when he goes up against bad passing defences, which right now this Baltimore Ravens is, he tends to go to town. Last week, we are not going to see I mean, this week, we are not going to see what we saw last week, which was CJ Ham, the fullback, having more receptions than Justin Jefferson. Mm. That is that is not going to happen again. Justin Jefferson will likely have a big game. Adam Thielen will have a big game. This, there is weapons in this passing attack. I actually really rate Tyler Conklin um, for the Vikings' as tight end as well. So I think, and on the other side of the ball, the Vikings' defense is banged up. As you said, no mm. Daniel Hunter. No Patrick Peterson and this Baltimore Ravens team is going coming off a bye. It's John Harbor, who's 10 and 3 off a bye in those nice. games. Nice. And a realistically, they are going to be up for this game, especially offensively, because of what happened to them against Cincinnati Bengals. They have been licking their paws for two weeks straight now and will not. They are they can't wait to go out on this field at home against the Vikings and score points. So that's why Nat. Mhm. My Drew Lock of the
1: Week is over 49 and a half over in this game. Over 49 and a half. He drops the Drew Lock of the Week, listeners, on the very first game. Uh, what is the spread? What the spread the- is at
0: six points. It opened at five, and money has just been coming in on Baltimore for those exact reasons. Obviously, mm-hmm. people are not... As interested in the Vikings after losing to a Cooper Rush led Dallas Cowboys and getting stunted on offense completely by this Dallas Cowboys defense. So, I don't think people expect much from the Vikings. That's too many points for me. I just mm. don't see necessarily this being a blowout. I think the Vikings will be able to put up points. I think the Ravens are going to be able to
1: put up points. That's why I'm more confident in the over. I love that. I love the over in this one. All right. Next up, Philly, uh, LA, the LA Chargers, of course. Back to back losses for Herbert and Co. And as a result, I think that the shine has gone off them after they were early season pace setters. And we're now trying to revise that a bit. A lot of people are anyway and thinking, well, what is this team all about? We know that it is flawed defensively, certainly on the ground. And that's, uh, I'm guessing, again, an area that the Eagles will look to exploit their ground game, which they bafflingly don't seem to to use enough against the the. the Weak run defense of the of the LA Chargers. There was a, a really interesting article I read. A Philly beat writer this week was making the point in, in in doing a scouting analysis of the Chargers that that's very much the Staley way, and I'm pretty sure Ollie Connolly was talking about this on on our show when we were talking Chargers. It might have been on the radio, but it, it could have been on the pod. How the Chargers negate the big play threat aerially? That's very much one-on-one defensively, they want to take that out, right? Very much the mo against the Chiefs, for example. The the, the Chargers aim to do that, and as a result, you're gonna the ground yards are gonna stack up. You're gonna be giving up a lot of yards on the ground. The Eagles did get their ground game going against the Lions last week with Urban Meyer numbers, right? They had 236 on on the ground, but that's the Lions' also So yeah, weren't you playing a defensive tackle for the Lions last week? I, I kind of not, I didn't start, but I kind of was spelled in and out for for various uh, various parts of the game. So interesting whether you think that is something that the the Eagles can replicate because. Uh, clearly, I think that is where they're going to make the most hay against this Chargers side, and if they can, is that going to be enough with this bend or break defense of LA? So, where's the line on this one? First things first.
0: The line opened at three mm. points in favor of the Chargers in Philadelphia, and has now moved down to two. So the money has been coming in on the Philadelphia Eagles. I mm. do the over/under is at fifty. The cash mm-hmm. seems to be coming in on the over on that. The money is all seemingly going, Nat, on the yeah. charges. But that line is only moving towards Philadelphia, or at least holding towards Philadelphia. Mm. So you know what that means, which is exciting, because as as we know on this show, Nat tends to uh, usually go with the public. <laughs> yes, but I think, I think that's unfair. It's become a narrative in recent weeks, but it's been a narrative that's worked all season. It's been one of the best seasons for the public in in memory. There you go. But um, the sharps, seemingly, um, I tend to try and follow the sharps a little bit, and that hasn't always gone to plan. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't back Philadelphia here. Now I can't. There's no chance. I have to go with Justin Herbert and the Chargers. I think no matter how bad they are at running the ball. Uh, sorry, stopping the run. Realist, if you Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley, I will take every day of the week against Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts. I have to. I think that the Chargers are banged up. Their, their secondary is banged up. They don't have Asante Samuel or Davis. They might play, but it doesn't look that promising, which I think is going to be a problem. They obviously can't stop the run. I don't think the Eagles actually have a great... They only seem to be able to run well when they're leading. And when they can kind of dominate the ball, which I just don't Mm -hmm. see them being able to do here. But the Eagles can't really stop the run themselves. So I expect Austin Eckler to have a big game. The Eagles are the bottom third in rush defense, giving up over 120 yards per game. And I think Austin Eckler is one of the better playmakers in the league. So I expect him to go to town. And also I think that I've got to buy low here on the Chargers. These past two games for them the Baltimore Ravens they got absolutely slacked by them and I think they were licking their wounds there last week they just played really soft defense and I think Brandon Staley got schooled by Bill Belichick and the week before that he got schooled by John Harville he's not going to get schooled by Nick Sirianni now mm-hmm. they are two rookie head coaches and I will back Brandon Staley and what I've seen from him this season over what I've seen from Nick Sirianni every single day of the week
1: yeah it, it's compelling enough and I do I, I think that there is. I mentioned it in the intro, right? This overreaction narrative that lets all right the charges off now. Just on the on the ground game of the Eagles, quickly because I was as you were talking, I was looking at the. past well, listening. Wasn't listening at all. Rarely do to you, to be frank, uh, until you actually get to the get to the pick and then I write that down seriously <laughs> and type it into my phone and get it wrong. I yeah, <laughs> but put the wrong one on. You put the wrong one on. The I was actually just wanted correction and clarification. The they're obviously balancing things up a little bit. It's a fifty-six and a half percent passing. Uh, looking at pass versus rush plays. And so the Eagles are kind of in the middle of the pack. They're certainly not huge transgressors in terms of... um, Not having Saunders is a big loss, though. Yeah, well, that's what I was getting at, really, because Boston Scott obviously made... Uh, a lot uh, of people take notice against Detroit, but we can't, you know, we can't no. base uh, base this on Detroit. I'm trying to work out kind of where Boston Scott is at, really. Uh, uh, but I get you. I think it is... I'm very comfortable with LA in this game as well, in this spot. I'm not buying the Eagles. I haven't done all season. I think they are... Uh, I think they are one of those sides that doesn't have a clear identity on either side of the board, and certainly offensively. Just one thing on the charges, right? Um, yeah. So after Williamson and Keenan Allen, the next most productive receiver, can you tell me who that is? Is it Donald Parnum? It isn't. It is Jalen Guyton, 10 catches for 139 yards. So yeah, good. a huge amount of strength and depth. I know this is offset, of course, by the Eclair factor, who is having an extraordinary season. Uh, and when you've got a player like that, who is such a, a, an all-round contributor... And you put him alongside Williams and Allen, then of course that offsets things a lot. But I think this, I worry and wonder if this Chargers defense is too dependent on the factor, And if he is out of the situation, they become an altogether different side. Now that's an obvious thing to say for any star player on a side, if you remove them, of course they're going to be diminishing an impact, but it's a question of how then do they adapt and work around that? And the different dimensions of that offense and the supporting cast. And that, I suppose, would be be the concern for Chargers long-term, really. Too. Yeah, I think
0: realistically, this Chargers team, I don't think is ready to contend this season, but I think mm. the exciting thing is it's got promise. I think it's the same with the Bengals. The Bengals and the Chargers with two second-year quarterbacks seem to be in similar spots where right. they've got holes in this team that they need to fix, but it's just not nowhere near as big of a project as it was, say, last year. They seem to have gone, they are trending in the right direction. My mm. funny thing about the Chargers is that it's been one of the most consistent narratives all season. or It's one of the points that everyone loves to make is that they've built a team to stop the Chiefs. Yeah. Because built it around that idea that they're going to play the Chiefs three times every single year, including the playoffs. What would be hilarious if the Chargers go, oh my God, we've built a team to stop the Chiefs. And the Chiefs, the Chiefs suck. The Chiefs, yeah, they just built a team to stop the wrong team, and it's like the Rangers go on to be the team that dominate this division, and they've just built a team to stop a team that is distinctly average. It's like the love Saints it. going out and building a team to stop the Falcons each year.
1: Oh, I love that. That is a perfect segue. That is a perfect segue. You are a pro, proper. You are a what pro. That is our third game. The Nat Coombe Show is brought to you in association with the Air Lingus College Football Classic. The first chance to get tickets to see Northwestern versus Nebraska at the Aviva Stadium on Saturday, the 27th of August 2022 is through their pre-sale on Friday, the 19th of November. So visit collegefootballisland.com to sign up now for exclusive access. That's collegefootballisland.com. Head on over and sign up. Uh, the Saints-Falcons, who starts a quarterback for New Orleans? Taysom Hill, surely. Do you know think? I I mean? not I don't th- I think so, but I'm not sure... I'm not sure it's necessarily the right call as well, though. I don't know. I think it's risky. I think it's risky. Because, of course, what he gives on the ground and the explosive plays that he can give. I don't know. Simeon, I don't know if he's an underrated play. He might be the safer pair of hands right now. Uh, I mean, I'll probably use both. This week. Well, yeah, Carson thought that on, on our show, actually. But I, but again, I don't know if if there is. Because well, Hill's coming back from concussion protocol, right? So yeah. I wonder whether Simeon gets the nod this weekend and they just start to... Build an around hill for the for the rest of the season. Michael Thomas of course, is out done and dusted for the, for the season. That's, that's been officially confirmed as well. So where does that leave you on the Saints soul with with Jameis and Thomas done? How big in it? Again, same thing. Of course, well, particularly with Thomas, but they got this far without him this season. Jameis, okay. He's been better than advertised and I think deserves a bit more credit than perhaps he was getting, but come on, it's not like losing Russell Wilson. So how much further behind are the saints now with those two losses?
0: I don't really know if they're that much further behind, to be honest with you. I do Mm. think that Sean Payton is a good enough coach. And I think this franchise is well run enough that there is pretty much like a next man up mentality. I think it's like you've seen, they haven't had that different of the season with James is what they had with Drew Brees last year. They've already won like three times an underdog this season. And they seem to be that team that you just don't... I don't think anyone really wants to play them. Mm. And I think they're a perfect example of you can win football matches with just having the trenches sealed up by having the best defensive line and the defensive line on the field. And that's what they're doing week in, week out. They seem to be Brady's kryptonite. They seem to be the only team to be able to stop him prevent him from having any success I think the biggest fear for the Saints is um, just they will have moments where if you take away Alvin Kamara offensively they're going to struggle and I think we've seen that all season long so that's their only fear mm. if they concede points they're going to struggle to win games and that puts a lot of pressure on the defense, that is ranked third overall in defensive DVOA, mm. so they can't. They they seem to stop the run, and I think that's a scary proposition for all teams. I don't think anyone will be excited to play the New Orleans Saints, no matter who is that quarterback. So realistically, I think that they have got. The opportunity to have success this season, but they're
1: that team now who could probably beat anyone on their day. And I also reckon they could lose to anyone on their day, but surely not against the Falcons. What they've opened up as what favorites here? So they
0: open up at five point favorites, money coming in on the Saints, despite the fact that they've got their quarterbacks out for the season. That would usually see the number flying back into towards the Falcons, but not in this case. It is moving out. So the Saints are now six and a half point favorites. The over under
1: is at 42. I'm all over this. This is typical, right? Because I've been b- back in the Falcons in various spots for the last few weeks. I'm all over the Saints this week. and I don't know this. I just have a bad feeling it's going to come back to haunt me. But
0: I think... Just, I honestly think I'm, I'm tempted to take the Falcons here. Oh, yeah.
1: The, yeah, I mean, it's
0: just that I don't think they're going to win the game. I mean, they could win the game. I just don't... I actually, <laughs> I, I actually think they could win the game. There's a part of me that sees this game going in that kind of direction. I mean, the Falcons don't even have... Calvin Ridley, they're also banged up massively. This game seems to be quite banged up all, all across it. But it, I, as you know now, I know you're not as much of a believer in this as I am. But what I am a believer in is I see this game for the Saints being like the Bengals against the Jets last week. Right. Where the Saints have just come off realistically their statement win, their Super Bowl of the season so far, mm. beating the Bucks. They, you see the celebrations in the locker room afterwards with Jameis on his crutches, like they were absolutely loving life. Mm. So thinking about it, we've announced ourselves as a contender, and they're coming up against the Falcons. It's quite hard to get yourself up for the Falcons. Let's be real, because I get down <laughs> the Falcons, and right. I just see Matt Ryan. You like he will be able to pick off this passing D. This passing D isn't quite as good as the run D. The, the Falcons don't really run the ball anyway. Carl Pitts. This could easily be a statement game for him. He is such a brilliant player. If the if the Saints manage to take him away, then I think the Saints win this easily. But if they mm. if Carl Pitts can get going, which I think he probably can,
1: then I think the Falcons might cause some problems. Six or like points, it. quite a lot of points. But I'm going to tease it up seven. I like yeah the magic line seven. I like the I like the logic. I still I, th- I think if they go Simeon with Taysom Hill in trickery gadget mode, I I, I, I like the saints for the reasons you eloquently described the the balance in key units in the team the patent factor you've talked about that a lot this season you just look at the versatility the variation this kind of goes back to my point to a degree about the charges right that the saints are a good example of a team that you feel with that playbook with that offensive prowess that they can make a lot of noise in, in different kinds of ways with a cast of characters that isn't necessarily, uh, you know, headline act household names, right? So, and and Peyton's been doing that all season long, right? With an indifferent quarterback. And I mean that, you know, respectfully to Winston in the sense that, you know, compared to, we're talking about them as a serious contender and Winston clearly is one of the weakest quarterbacks out of the series contenders, right? So I I think Simeon's is a safe playoff. I really do. I think, I think he is... Uh, underrated I think he's a smart player he's proved that before I think he's the prototypical solid backup play you know he will come Mm -hmm. in not screw it up hold things down which is exactly what you want to do I think he understands the offense I think he's an intelligent quarterback uh, and wheel in hill for that x-factor which is going to put uh, this Falcons d which as we know is not exactly deep and resplendent with talent no. uh, on its heels yeah I, I like the saints in this spot a lot up to seven i'm not, i wouldn't go you know when you hit that line start to start to waver a little bit all right we have got to roll through your prop bets of the week 100 record last week Carl, what do you got this time around probably zero percent record
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah most likely um no i'm confident I, I mean i have i have to say i think that i've got 11 out of the last 12 Oh, just stop bragging and
1: tell us what thinking. <laughs> uh, there uh, we go. That was the never I was waiting for. I think. I'll just stop I it. Think I've got eleven out. Yeah, of eleven time. out of the
0: last twelve.
1: Well, we just, I'm rolling that. I don't think there's many that. people with records like that in the world right now. Let alone. I, what I want to do is sure. we've got to get you to Vegas, and there must be some kind of super Pickham expert prop. The prop maybe it's like the kind of global the prop World Cup.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'd, love to, prop, well, card, I'd love to. The prop card. I'd love to see what I do under pressure as well. Under I that amount that. of pressure, would I would I be able to handle it? I reckon so. You, do you know, so I know, do you know what I'd wear now. I was at a wedding yesterday, mm. and I ended up getting taken the mick out of a lot of because I was a wearing a grey pinstripe shoot uh, suit. Yeah, with a purple shirt. Oh, nice. I got told I got told that I looked like. Um, a dodgy car dealer yeah. <laughs> I got yeah. told that yeah. um, I looked like the one which I thought was a compliment which turned out not to be was they were like you look yeah. like a rock star mm. who hasn't who looks like he hasn't slept and is in the same suit that he wore the last night that's probably that is a compliment I take that as
1: a compliment <laughs> did they, did uh, much they, more so than a yeah shady car more dealer. than a dodgy car dealer Strip club owner in Reno, I think. Yeah, that exactly. Come-
0: that was the kind of vibe it was. But at the same time, that is an outfit that I think you can pull out in Vegas, especially mm. at the Prop World Cup. I would love to pull out. Definitely. Then. I think
1: you have to wear that. I think you have to, have to go
0: bold. It. But going, getting down to business, we've yeah. already mentioned it. Interestingly, I've gone Mike Williams over 55 and a half receiving yards. Mm. Buy low, sell high Nat. You know I love that. Mike Williams has struggled in the last two games, only two receptions. But funnily enough, those two games have been struggles for this offense completely. So I don't think the league has suddenly worked him out. I just think that the Chargers went up against two of the best defensive coaches the league has ever seen. He may be getting more attention because of how great he started the year, but Keen Allen went off last week against the Patriots. So the Eagles are going to have to be preoccupied with Allen. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia has allowed deep threat wide receivers like Tyreek and Antonio Brown to go off for huge games. So I expect Mike Williams to do the same. His biggest strength is getting open deep over the middle of the field. And that's the one thing the Eagles can't stop. This number is way too low for Mike Williams. I expect to go over 55 and a half yards.
1: Do you know what I think is going to happen? I think Jalen Guyton is going to have 174 yards.
0: Yeah, well, after we just re-rinsed him, yeah, he probably will. Jaylen's that. gonna go off 100. This one, you're like Nat Miles yep. Gaskin, over 76 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Love Houston that. allow 148 yards per game on the ground this season. Even worse, in the last three games, they have averaged allowing 170 yards. That's why I'd give me this number every day long and add the receiving yards on there anyway. I don't even know if you're going to need them. Mm. But Gaskin has had two plus receptions in the last three games, and he has the capability to go for a big gain as well. So I love this number, especially with Tua at quarterback with motivation. And the last one, we've also said it. I literally said it about five minutes ago. Carl Pitts over 64 and a half receiving yards, man. Everyone was made aware of how great the Saints defense was last week, stopping Tom Brady. This is going to be, they don't care about going up against Matt Ryan. They don't care, they don't care as much. They're not getting up for it. And I know you're like, that is ridiculous. These guys are paid stupid amounts of money to do it. But I just think that the Saints will be able to win this game without having to dominate the Falcons, and they know that. And the the one person who will have a lot of motivation going into this game is Carl Pitts because it's a divisional rival. He will want to flex on them. And I think that he is. Top five best receiving tight ends in this league. And I think he's going Mm. to continue to prove that week on week on week. He's averaging 69 yards per game. This passing D allows 265 yards per game. Carl Pitts goes over 64 and a half yards, especially
1: because they don't have Calvin Ridley. So Carl Pitts becomes the number one option for Matt Ryan. Yeah, the Ridley factor is is, is critical there. And look, you know, I'm on on the Carl Pitts bandwagon. I think I called him... I think I called London as the breakout. What did they call it? The, break, the breakout game for Carl Pitts after everyone has said, "Oh, what's wrong with Carl Pitts?" You know, of course they did because he wasn't lights out after three games or whatever it was in the NFL. So loving that, great stuff, all. I'm very. Uh, I think you should feel very confident about those three picks. I like him a lot. Oh, thank you. I appreciate um, that. I might sneak a bit, of, bit of uh a wedge on. A guy in no, just, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, you might as well. Whatever is over under is, I'm gonna take it. Right. Our Drew Locks of the Week. You've given us yours, of course, which is the over in the Saints over 49, and a, half over 49 and a half in the uh Vikings Saints game. Uh sorry, the uh Vikings Saints game. In uh, the Vikings Ravens game, my Drew Lock of the Week is Here we go. The, the Raiders Giants are <sighs> the Raiders offer a bye week. Yeah, please yeah. short week. <laughs> Yeah, you have Derek Carr balling right now. There are only two quarterbacks in the NFL with more big time throws: trademark PFF, Kyler Murray and Tom Brady. Hey, Tom Brady's deep ball's gone, right? That's what. (laughs) That's what we were told for weeks and weeks and weeks last season. But Derek Carr, yeah, he's adequate, average, mediocre. He's balling. Derek Carr has to be. I feel. That kind of fourth or fifth seed in the MVP conversation. Carr is balling. Credit to him. It is an incredibly emotional week once again for the Raiders. I've loved, by the way, Carr coming out and saying what he said and coming out and saying, Ruggs is going to need people right now and I want to know I'm there for him. Huge amount of respect for that. Uh, The more I see of Derek Carr, the more he's becoming one of my favorite players in the NFL. And I think, As you know all because i've been talking about it a lot on the show i think the raiders legit the giants i mean they're just in disarray banged up central have you seen this fake covid test situation they've been dealing with Uh, so irregularities with the rapid covid tests have meant that loads of false positives have been flying around so saquon was one of them uh joe judge said there were a combination of coaches players totally disrupting training uh, you look at their injury report, almost all of their key protagonists offensively <coughs> are in danger as a risk of uh, whether they're going to start or not. I know that people are saying, well, uh, defense is balling for judge. And come on. The the line, I've seen it flip between two and a half and three for the Raiders. I'd be happy at three, even though I know there's a fundamental distinction there. It's 100% at two and a half, but I would take the Raiders minus three. That's my Drew Lock of the week. Why do you think it's so low, that number? I, I don't know. I think it's... I mean, I was look. Is it is it the Rogs factor? Is it the, the trap game? I don't know. But I... I Ray, Raiders all day long in this one.
0: Makes no sense to me. It really makes no sense to me why that number's so low. I think it should be at least five and a half, six. Did it they, feels they, like... You know how like the bookies are consistently overestimating the Kansas City Chiefs? And how they consistently... Underestimate the Raiders. And under it feels like they're doing the exact same thing with the Raiders. It feels like you can yeah. continuously get value on the Raiders and continuously yeah. get value going against the Chiefs. No, I mean I can't. Yeah. You can't argue with that pick now. You can't even. I, I couldn't make a single case for you as to why the Giants should cover that number.
1: But, but now this I'm is. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this, well, was, it is, this is the thing. You have so much logic, and and yet, uh, and that you know, the number is is a great point to emphasize. All you know, we got to look at numbers very much and. Uh, and I saw it at two and a half. I know it's moved to three in, in certain books, but I, I would be comfortable with three as well. I mean, I think they, I, I, I do feel they win this comfortably. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's the rugs factor. They just think, well, you know, but it, was, it was that. It was
0: the line before the rugs news came out. That was. Oh, the Oh, was line. it? Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, so awesome. it was it. So I mean, the rugs factor
1: hasn't even moved the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know. I think it, I think people just think they're brittle and they're emperor's new clothes, and you know, they'll fall they'll fall uh at some point soon they get found out at some point soon but mm, i'm not so sure here's all the right. moment we've all been waiting for here's okay. the, here here it is the, the under pressure Acker he needs yes. to deliver you know me all i thrive under pressure so i'm yeah. going ravens over vikes
0: yeah nice
1: like Straight it. up. the rams over the titans yeah They're not going to compensate no. for, uh, for henry anywhere close and i it disappoints me to say that because i really love Tannehill, i love Vrabel. i like the titans to still make the playoffs. And I think AP could do a job, but come on. Not in that spot. The Rams over the Titans. Here's the kicker. I'm taking the Pats. Really? Over Carolina. The Pats over Carolina. You're going I am, doubling down against Carolina once uh, again. Doubling down against Carolina. Doubling down on the Pats. Been saying it preseason. I've been saying it all season long. The Patriots are making the playoffs, and this is a spot. I look at their schedule and I'm being true to myself. I looked at that magic 10 game number and feel that the Patriots could make that a couple of weeks back. This was a game I picked as a win. So why would I default? Nothing I've seen is deterring me from that. Quite the opposite, in fact. So, at, you know, the Darnell factor, Belichick is going to mess him up. I like the offense. It's, it's so attritional and so retro. Leaning this Patriots offense. I love the fact it is so unashamedly 17 years out of date. <laughs> and week on, week on, week. And I know Mac missed passes last week and everything else, but he's getting more comfortable. They're getting better. They're finding their identity. I and defensively, they are just gonna have far too much for, for the cards. It's not it's gonna be dry and certainly not a thriller, but I like I like the pats. You're skeptical yep. about
0: that, yet The Pats pick? No, I'm not. I, to be honest with you, I actually didn't really look at it. I didn't. I think the line is spot on there. At plus three and a half for Carolina. Mm-hmm. The over under is interesting. All the cash is coming in on the over, mm-hmm. um, but the tickets are coming in on the under. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly just haven't really even considered that game. I thought it was quite a sort of a, a failing, but from a money line perspective, yeah, you've yeah. got to take the Patriots 100. It wasn't exactly like an incredible victory by the Panthers against Falcons. Right? They still made a lot of mistakes, and right. what Belichick will do is take away. What the Panthers utilized last week, which was Darnold running the ball, mm. and like yeah, as, soon yeah, yeah. As, right. as soon as Belichick takes that away, then I don't think the Panthers have much to go with whatsoever because Darnold can't seem to throw it at the minute. So,
1: yeah, now, Ravens, Pats, round. you have my full support. Love that. So, when that fails to come in, please clip that up and play that.
0: Um, yeah, no, you have my full support, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I take no responsibility,
1: yeah. Well, fair enough,
0: yeah. fair enough, because that so wasn't my deals. idea.
1: Brilliant! There we go. Done and dusted. Uh, another edge rush in the bag. Still no edge rush theme. We have got one for college days. We dropped that this week. Uh, so you've been concentrating on that, but not on edge rush. Disappointingly.
0: Well, it's because Ben Isaacs. Because I, I edit the podcast, obviously, and Ben Isaacs was just getting so lippy about it. Asked me what I was mm. doing, and I was like, "You know what? Fine." Whereas I, I'm, not, I'm not pushing. I'm not pushing myself that hard to get an edge rush. Also, these things mm. take time.
1: You need to find the right one. Yeah, fair. That's fair. Isaac's fast becoming the Odell Beckham of the of the show. And,
0: yeah, he very right, much is. He very much is. It's all going to his head. All, stardom, all everyone oh, the stardom. Everyone's oh, just praising him all the time. Oh, we love
1: college days. Oh, Ben's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's just, oh, come off. Come off it, Ben. Uh, the uh, latest college days is out, and it's a goodie, actually, to be fair to, to Ben. Some brilliant no, stuff. No, it is very good. TMU, the College Football 101. We uh, have a Rookie Watch on there as well. We're looking... Uh, who do we look at Rookie Watch this week? Whoa, God, I can't even remember. It's been one of those weeks where we've had... Anyway, it's a good Rookie Watch. <laughs> Sounds, <laughs> it. That much. Sounds yeah, I, it. Hey, you edited it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we uh, look at running backs in the draft class and the key college games of the weekend. So it's a very NFL-focused the, uh, college uh, college day show. So you might think, well, I don't really, you're not really into college, don't really follow it. Hey, you should be. But even if you're not, you get a lot of NFL juice from it as well. So go check that out. i Mike. It is a uh, regular... Uh, review slot looking back at the weekend. Always, he's a fan favorite, isn't he? Iron Mike, and that is always uh, a good uh, show. And uh, our preview show as well, number of games we didn't uh, obviously tackle on Edge Rush, that's out too with me and Ben. So, all of this will get you set for week nine in the NFL. We're back next week with Iron Mike on Monday, and then guest to be see. right? We're going to drop a college days, of course, in Edge Rush, but we haven't worked out who's uh, who's going to be our special guest next week, so we better get busy with that all.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll surprise people.
1: Yeah, okay. I like. That. Who knows what can happen? <laughs> the uh, et- limitless possibilities is what you're trying to say. Uh, brilliant stuff, Ollie. Uh, great work. Good luck with your prop bets. If you're going to have a wager this weekend, be sensible, be careful, and best of luck. Godspeed. We will see you next time. Bye for now. Podcast Network.